Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So I was running a little bit late to our recording session today, so I didn't have a chance to do my vocal warm-ups. Um, Alex, can you tell the story of that really cool thing that happened this week that you had to call all of us to tell? Um, and I will just uh, do my vocal warm-ups in the background. Okay. So I was back home in Michigan because my family uh, wanted to meet my daughter. Right. This is the first time a lot of them are meeting them. However, um, while I was home, I was at the in-laws house and I was driving a four wheeler and I braked and turned at the same time. And you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to brake and turn at all. So if you go up to an intersection and you and it's green light or it's a green arrow and you're turning and you hit the brakes while you're turning, don't do that. Because if you're going fast enough, your back end will break loose. And if you're in a four-wheeler, Macy you might go up on two tires than Alex. and get Macy dumped into a bush funnier than and get Alex. wood in Macy your arm is like I did. Than Alex. And then, in order to not get in trouble, because you're a little kid who doesn't want to get in trouble for hurting themselves, you're going to pretend you don't have an injury for a couple days. And then... At the first opportunity to tell your friends about January it, you're going to. 6th. And January you're going to hope your arm doesn't get infected. 6th. And that's January pretty much what happened to me. 6th. And oh. it looks like I got in a fight with a bobcat. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where you started a group chat video call, and this is like 8.15 in the morning. Like, my day has like just started. And I'm like, well, either he has died, or this is a butt dial. And so when you're when you're like half laughing to yourself because you have to go perform secret surgery on yourself, um, it really kickstarted my day. Yeah. So because what had happened was is I hurt myself the day before, but they don't have almost any first aid at their house. So I had to pretend like I didn't get hurt because if if they would have found out then I would have gotten so much trouble for being reckless. You know, making mistakes. It would have been a big deal. They probably would have been like go to the emergency room and stuff. And I'm like, and you're 24. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal. I don't want to get in trouble for hurting myself. That's so dumb. But that's what I was thinking. So instead, I pretend I had wood in my arm for 24 hours. And the next day, I went over to my sister's house. And on the way to my sister's house, I'm like, I called the group chat. And I'm like, yo, ouch, this hurts. My hip had a huge bruise on it. I had cut some both my arms. One had like wood inside of it. And I was, it sucked, dude. It sucked. And, you know, I think your punishment, I think you already got a punishment because you wore a sweatshirt in like summer weather for a whole week to cover yeah, up this mistake. I who brings long sleeves? So I just had to wear a hoodie everywhere. <laughs> and it was, and guess what? I hung out with these people for more than one day. So they just saw me wear a hoodie every day in 80 degree weather. So now they think I'm a psychopath. <laughs> Which like you are because... You know, you could have just said, I fell, but... I don't think it would have been believable, because they, they had already talked about, like, hey, Alex seems like he's going pretty fast on the four-wheeler. Can you make sure he's, like, not going to get hurt or anything? And five minutes after they say that, I crash. Do you consider this some sort of, like, 
universal karma or you trying to like have a lesson taught to you? I don't or do think, you think so. Because okay. as soon as that happened, I just got back on the ATV and I gunned it again. So like, the thing what happened to me was just like, I was thinking, well, don't break and turn, you idiot. Do you know how to drive one of these? No. So go fast, but be smart about it. Like and, yeah, but you know that if you got on that on that four wheeler, gunned it again, and got hurt a second time, you would have been on the top of instant karma for like a week. Oh yeah, bro. And also, I would have never said that happened. I would yeah. have said one wreck, <laughs> and it was really bad. If it would have happened again, also I was really lucky that the four wheeler had no marks on it. It literally just dumped. It got on two wheels. I fell off, went like six feet. Because I saw the video of it. I saw the video of it. And it's like, it's literally like um, when you're in the pool with someone and you get under them and you like, and you like flip the thing a little bit to get them over, but you don't flip it all the way. That's exactly what happened. The ATV, like almost sentiently, was just like, all right, we're done. Poop. Yeah. And it doesn't look like I was going, which is so hard to explain to people because I'm like, I was not going fast. I wasn't. I was going, when I, got dumped i was probably going like 10 miles per hour but i was on i was 10 miles per hour on two wheels and i got dumped into a bush and by the way bushes never feel good and i just i just got like straight up wood chips i still got mulch on my arm right now and this happened two weeks ago um so when alex turns into the swamp thing i will be looking for new hosts just so you know i'm gonna be Groot so fast i'm so excited well that's all fun and games. Uh, do you want to talk about professional drivers, or at least people that are pretending to be professional drivers? None of them are on four wheelers. But yeah, we can talk <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, you're right. That was the, that was the problem. <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, if you say four wheelers, as in four wheelers, you're an idiot. I say ATVs. And if you're going to say four-wheeler, say four-wheeler. But for all you out there saying, I literally said ATV, and people are like, what's that? I'm like, it's a four-wheeler. And they're like, oh, yeah, a four-wheeler. I'm like, now we're both idiots. <laughs> you are really upset about this phrase with that accent. It's just one of those things. It's like, hey, come on, man. Well, okay. That's another symptom of like where we live. So we grew up in Southwest Michigan and now both of us live South of the Mason Dixon line. So like, we've kind of just been plagued with Southern accents our entire lives. But the problem is when you're in Michigan, a lot of people just like fake South. Like they, they, they want to be as close to Southern culture as possible. So you will have people from like, a 1000 person city in the middle of Michigan and they like all have like weird Southern accents. And you're like, this is, yeah. can we stop? And pretending? Just, these can are the people st- that work camo to school. Yeah. And then they go and work at, you know, the Baskin Robbins afterwards. Like, can we stop pretending? Can we stop? Yeah. So yeah. Um, full wheelers, bro. Yeah. Anyways, let's ATVs. talk about, let's talk about cars, man. Yeah. This is week two of our fast and furious marathon. We are watching Fast and Furious, which is the name of the fourth one, Fast Five, which is the name of the fifth one, and then Fast and Furious Six, or Furious Six, depending on who you ask. Um, like I, like last week, we are going full spoilers, full throttle. We have extended our time limit a little bit to 13 minutes instead of 10 minutes. So 
just to give us a little bit more time to breathe. And if you do not want to watch them, you can just guess that it's going to be 36 minutes ahead or 39 minutes ahead. Or you can just like go for the time code I'm going to give you right here. Hey guys, we abandoned that whole timer concept pretty, pretty quick. We talk for a long time. So your time code is 74 minutes. Fast and Furious 4. Have Fast you seen any of... I, I forgot what you said last time. No, have you I seen have any of the Fast and Furious? Nope. First time for all of them. Okay. Of the trios, I've seen all of them. I've seen all of them more than once. My favorite trilogy is four, five, six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sure. it goes one, two, three. And then six, seven, Hobbs. Um, and it's seven, that's hard. Or seven, eight, Hobbs. Right. Um, Tokyo Drift, as we've discovered in the last um, podcast, is a dumpster fire. But it's yeah, just that one and two set about, everything up. We're going to have to talk about Tokyo Drift again because it comes up later. But... Yeah. God, but just four, it, five, and six, dude, is my favorite of the of the yeah three for trilogies. sure, definitely. Um, I think just to talk holistically about the three before we start getting into like timer stuff. Yeah. Um, again, I think just like the last three, there's one that's a little bit dumpier than the rest. <laughs> and yeah, um, well, this movie also, by the way, six in general. Is the turning point in the series. Yeah, it's when it goes from driving. It goes from street racing to spyware. Yeah, it goes from street racing and heist. You know, just general like driving fast, evading cops. Let's steal some stuff, make some money, you know, to saving the world. (laughs) Yeah. And And so if that's not your thing, that's fine. But like. I like action movies. So like I was along for the ride now. Yeah. So let's get into timer stuff. So we're going to start with fast and furious four, uh, fast and, and furious, the fourth movie. Yes, sure. Fine. And we're going to start now. So the movie starts and we're back to robbing trucks. Like in the first movie where, um, I'm, we're not going to talk about who's in it and all this. We'll talk character names and actors, but I'm not going to go through and all that trash. The movie starts with um, Brian O'Connor um, and the gang. Vin Diesel, all them robbing a truck, just like the first movie when they're robbing trucks. Yeah. Except now we're stealing gas and stuff like that from tankers. Yeah. And so Brian O'Connor is back on the force. He's trying to go back undercover, uh, which, like, was kind of weird in and of itself. I feel like (laughs) they kind of forgave him a little too easy. Like, hey, I know that you let street racers go and kind of, like, did crime yourself for a little bit. But how about we make you a federal agent this time? And I'm like, "Mm, okay, I guess. Dude, I was okay. Here's the thing. I'm, there are going to be there's going to be part of me that wants to talk about cars all the time. So let me just say the black Monte Carlo in the opening sequence, freaking beautiful. Whatever. Also, Han is back, bro. Han, yo, I didn't realize it until this trilogy. Han rules. Um, Han is so cool, and I love him. He is so handsome. I cannot take my eyes off him when he's on screen, and he's just got. The swag that the other characters want to have. And this is a note that I made for both five and six, but it's 
prevalent in, a little bit in four as well is like the Han Giselle combination is the most natural fun part of these movies. Like these two, like they aren't like, they don't like, they're not the main characters, but whenever Han and Giselle work together, I'm like, this is going to be a good scene. Yeah, they're dope. Also, they're the most beautiful people in the movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And they're so cool and it's ridiculous. Okay, so what ends up happening in this movie is Brian O'Connor working with the FBI in LA teams up with Dom and the and the gang to bring down a heroin importer by name of what is the name? Barga? Braga. Braga. Right? And that's pretty much how it goes down. And I think is this the movie where Letty dies? Yeah, that's yeah. that's a- So this is the movie where Dom gets pulled in because he gets a call saying Letty's been killed. And so he's basically going so him so Dom and Brian are both going after the same guy for like kind of the same reasons, but kind of not where Dom is going like purely for personal reasons. He wants to settle the score for what happened to Letty, but Brian is going because that's his assignment. And we find out listen, we don't need to go through it chronologically because we're on a time limit here. But like yeah. we find out later that Letty was recruited by Brian to keep an eye on Braga. And that's what got her killed. Yeah, you um, find out that she she was undercover. She was a good guy, but they found out and she gets got. Yeah. And I just want to like Letty's death. What I've learned about this trilogy is this franchise sucks at killing main characters. It dude. Every time <laughs> it is ma- notoriously bad for that. Every like, no time one's a dead. main even character died. Dead, yeah. Well, like, even, like, like regardless of the, even when they're dead, they're not dead. Like, every time a character died, there was, like, almost no pomp and circumstance to it. It felt like, all right, that's one story beat. Okay, now on to the next. Yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's 100%. go. 100%. Like, like, we find out Letty died through a payphone call. Yeah. You just be like, Letty's dead. And you were like, are we going to get a flashback? Nope. We don't see how it happens. It doesn't happen at all. Also, Han dies. In the movie we just saw, essentially the third movie, and he's just back. Yeah, he's just I, back. Yeah, we. I don't know if we can spend time talking. We're gonna have to talk about that when we talk about Fast Six because it's more important there. Um, yeah, it gets brought up kinda because in this movie he's only in the beginning, and he says because um, they're getting hunted, and you know the tanker blows up, and you can tell they're all undercover. I just want to say real quick. In, yeah. About the tankers heist. Listen, I'm all for suspension of disbelief. You know, we're going to talk about the, the runway scene, whatever. The thing yeah. that I didn't like, there's no way that highway, despite the state of disrepair it was in, there was no way there was at least, there wasn't at least one other car that was like yeah, traffic or something. Direction. <laughs> like they had that highway to themselves for miles. Yeah. Also, Dom, do you see the tanker? Gonna explode. It is actually exploding. Ball of fire heading towards him. He goes, I'm just gonna drive under it. <laughs> that was a, and it again happens. again. I'm a, I love suspending disbelief because it lets cool stuff like that happen. Because right. I just wanted to point out there's no way they had that highway to themselves. And obviously, there's no way that Dom perfectly calculated when to drive under that exploding tanker. However, it was very cool and I liked it. Right. So in this movie, the whole gang has is essentially just hiding from the police they're getting hunted they're fugitives right so in this movie after they do this heist 
of in the first literally five, 10 minutes of the movie, they're like, we got to break up. Um, we need to like head to the winds because they're going to be onto us and we're going to need to separate. And that's when Han says, you know, I really want to go to Tokyo. And then you think at this, in this movie, oh, this happens before the third movie. Because Han's still alive, but now it makes sense yeah, because yeah. that part hasn't happened yet. And he just says, hey, I want, I've always wanted to go to Tokyo. Again, we can talk more about story stuff, but other things. Um, the cinematography in this movie sucked. Oh, my God. Holy yeah. crap. Mm-hmm. So it, this is the movie where it happened the most. There's a scene at the beginning where Brian is chasing somebody through a market. and Oh, gangster oh. AF. Loved it. Okay. It was a cool chasing, but like the cuts... There were like four cuts a second. Uh-huh. Anytime a character made any motion that wasn't them running, there were like four cuts involving it. Jumped a fence, four cuts. Opened a door, four cuts. Turned a corner, four cuts. Like, hey guys, can we breathe? Yeah. Paul Walker just jumps through a window, tackles a guy on a roof. It was yeah. just ridiculous. Cool stuff. Wish I could have seen it. Okay. I I have a lot of pet peeves with this movie. So do it's I. It's not my favorite but it is the most action movie you get so far in the series. Like one, two, three, four. Yeah. This is yeah. the most action. Okay. The FBI, you've got 72 hours. Yeah. Come on, bro. Three days. What are we doing? <laughs> they, uh, and what's whack about that is they say 72 hours. And then later in the movie, Brian's like, what happened to the clock? And he's like, oh, the clock stopped a long time ago. Like, oh, yeah. so it was unimportant. Right. Also, Dom goes to the scene of where Letty died, and he's got Batman-like detective powers where he can see exactly what happened. Yeah. He, like, takes a little bit of yellow powder, like, sulfur-looking stuff. He puts it on his finger. He looks and has a photorealistic memory of what happened. (laughs) He wasn't there. He was in a couple countries over. But he knows exactly what happened. And not just exactly what happened. The cars – the kind of cars they were driving, the kind of person that was behind the other car, like – it was crazy. And he knows, like, oh, she definitely survived. I'm like, what? Not what? Also, um, <laughs> I want to – so we'll talk about Letty for a little bit. We are and, running out of time fast. Yeah, we are. So, so I want to give just some major points. Um, Letty's death was just – it happened so fast and it felt so insignificant that the fact that it was the motivation for this entire movie felt weak. This Because Letty's death was treated so poorly, it, the rest of the movie had nothing to stand on. I think it also sucks because Letty wasn't in – she wasn't a big part of the first three movies. So when she died, we didn't care. Yeah. Like we only knew essentially Dom and Brian – and Dom is kind of the main character, but he's not even – he's nobody's favorite character. But he's um, the main character. There's a scene that happens early on where Mia and Brian meet up for the first time again, and they're in a coffee shop. And they literally argue for like four minutes, and that's the scene. Like nothing comes of it. I just wanted yeah, to – Yeah, there's also a scene – Oh, dude, Dom catches a 500-pound big block engine <laughs> with one hand – trying to threaten a guy. Yeah, he also holds yep. a guy out of a mm-hmm. window. And I'm like, you're not that strong, Vin Diesel. Um, there was another thing where, like, Brian's partner is listing off cars. Like, there's this car, there's this car, there's this car. And then there's this car with an illegal mod on it. And Brian's like, that's the one. And I'm like, oh, really? 
The one with the legal yeah. mods is the one you want? Yeah, no way. Also, they're like, you're going to need your own car. And they, she lists, lists off some cars. He's like, I want that car, that car, and that car. They're like, what do you need three? And he goes, I'm going to combine them. Three days later, <laughs> he builds a new car. Um, there's a sequence that uh, I forget what it was. Oh, it was like it was during the tr- the audition race. And oh, with the Dude, that GPS was bogus. Bogus. But I wanted the thing I wanted to talk about is that there are two other characters in that race whose only purpose is one person calls them a Chia pet, another person calls them a ghetto smurf, and then both of them die. Yeah, dude, this movie <laughs> starts killing people for no reason. Yeah. Um so we have two and a half minutes. Big things. Um Tunnel sequence was cool. I like the tunnel sequence, and I like that they dude. came back to it. Yeah, it looks so fake, but it is cool. Dom says a bunch of I've but most of this movies I just have quotes that Dom says or people say that just piss me off. Do you Dom have, says a real driver knows exactly what's in his car. Yeah. That's dumb. You made up that rule. Did That's you, not a thing. Did you write down the quote that something to the effect of him like, When I see police lights behind me, I don't stop. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, like Yeah, what? bud, we know. And then um, Gal Gadot enters, right? She's a smoke show, always has been, um, and she's making moves on Dom because Letty's out of the picture and he moves yeah. out of her quick. <laughs> and then she's like, what What kind of girl are you interested in? He goes, 20% angel, 80% devil. And I'm like, what, dude? It's so whack that after this movie, Mia and Brian are just like kind of have like a perfect relationship because in this movie and and the f- first one, the only other movie where they have a relationship before this, is they have two modes when it comes to their relationship. It's hating each other and sex. Because, yep. like I said, there's a coffee scene where they're arguing with each other. And then the next scene that they're in together, which isn't until, like, the end of the movie, they just start, like, kissing and he, sh- and he puts her up on the counter. I'm like, really? Really? We're, we're okay with this again now? Okay. Dude, the, this, the plot doesn't make any sense. The Braga whole thing, no one's invested in. There's some couple callbacks into earlier movies, which I think Fast and Furious does better than almost anything else. Yeah, it calls sure. back early movies all the time. It gets the characters involved all the time. There's a 10-second car callback because Dom, um, he rigs his car to blow up in order to kill the guy who killed Letty. Um, and then Brian says, you owe me a 10-second car. If you didn't yeah. know that Garza was Braga, you're an idiot. That was yeah, the worst yeah. plot twist ever. Mm-hmm. We all knew it. Or at the very least, we knew that they weren't, or at the very least, we knew the guy in the suit wasn't Braga. You knew he wasn't Braga? We're also like, this Garza guy seems pretty important. Yeah. We've been interacting <laughs> with him a lot. <laughs> like, the um, only other person it could have been was Gal Gadot, but, like, she was too good. Yeah. She was too good, and I think they're like, we just got rid of a woman. We don't have any women. Now. <laughs> we got to put one in because Mia doesn't count. And they do that in every movie, by the way. They're like, we're down a girl. Add another one. Girls okay. get used and abused. Do you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts. The tunnels, uh, pretty much the movie ends with tunnels. Um, they should have crashed. I know. We're <laughs> suspending disbelief. He goes, do you know where the tunnel is? And he goes, yes. And they just happen to be right. Also, I love when they kill people with cars. Yeah. Because Brian happens- comes out. Or no, Dom comes out and just takes a guy, just runs straight into him, sandwiches him between his car and another car. And I'm like, that's how you kill somebody. Yeah. I'm Listen, this movie was kind of boring for me. I wrote down a lot more criticisms than uh, affirmations, but there were fun parts. 
but I'm going to give this a six out of 10. Oh yeah. This is a, this is a six out of 10. All right. Are we ready for uh, fast? Yeah. Six out of 10. I was going to raise it up a little bit, but uh, we're do not you doing quarters. Si- we you can do quarters if you wanted. I did quarters for my Marvel stuff. So, okay. Then I'll do six and a half. Okay. Um, we're not going to do quarters. Si- so I just picked something that's not a quarter anyway. <laughs> Do you want to say anything about Fast Five holistically before we start the time? Holistically, this is my favorite movie. I owned it this when I was younger. Pretty rough. I've yeah, seen this, this movie a dozen times. Um, I I've quoted it. I've memorized the songs. I've, I have the soundtrack. This is this um, trilogy also introduces Pitbull as a <laughs> staple in the soundtrack franchise uh, for the franchise. Fast Five. Is I think it's a perfect blend between driving fast and heist and save. It's not saving the world, but higher stakes. I think it does. After this, they jump the ship, and before this, I don't think I was super invested. Um, I just love this movie, dude. It's okay. so good. So we're gonna uh, favorite movie entire franchise. All right, so we're gonna start the timer now. Wow, Dwayne Johnson's facial hair sucks. His facial hair sucks, and he's so obviously on steroids, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I enjoy watching movies with The Rock, just in general. He's a fun actor. I don't think he's a particularly great actor, but he's in fun movies. Um, So, like, I liked his character. I was not out against it, but we're not at him yet, unfortunately. Right. Um, (laughs) So, I know Fast 4, like Fast and Furious 4, like, yeah, there were a few people that died, and like, yeah, sometimes it was at the hands of the gang, but like, in general, like, like, there wasn't a lot of killing people. This scene starts with them on a train, stealing cars off the train, and Vin Diesel throws a guy off the train directly into the bridge support. Oh, that was so cool. That was, was so cool. It was so cool, but it was like it was one of those moments where I like had to stop and be like, you "Oh just yeah, killed because that remember man. in the first movie where they're like, Dom's a killer. He kills yeah. people, you know." And then you're like, "He's really not that bad of a guy." And then he goes into his backstory. He killed someone. He snapped right. Someone insulted him or said something crazy about his dad, and he beat him to death with a wrench. Right. And then you just realize, oh, he's just an emotional guy. He loves his family. He doesn't kill people. This movie, he throws a guy out of a train. He hits a bridge. And yeah. that guy is not alive. Like, it was definitely he's one definitely of those. definitely dead. It was definitely one of those moments where, like, he could have been thrown, like, further down the train or on the ground. But he, no, he throws him against Meadow Bridge. Yeah. This guy gets murked. Um, this movie takes place in uh, Rio, in Brazil. Um, I think this. Vince comes back, unfortunately. Yeah. Completely I, unnecessary. I have, I have lots of notes about Vince. <laughs> yeah. So Vince is back. I don't know if he was in the he was in the first movie. Was yeah. he in the second movie? Uh, no. Ju- I think just the first yeah, one. Ju- yeah. Because the second movie is in Florida. Um, yeah. First movie. He's in. And they just call. This movie loves bringing people back. And I'm f- here for it. Um, I hate saying that. But whatever. Um, of course. she A woman throws up in this movie. Do you know what that means? She's pregnant because yeah. that's all that that can mean. Um, there was <laughs> all of that. So yeah, I have a similar note. I didn't. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention during that scene. I didn't notice her throwing up. But um, there's a scene later on where Mia's like, "Hey, I have something I need to tell you," and I'm just like, "I'm just shot in the dark here, out of nowhere. I'm gonna guess. I think she's pregnant." Yeah, dude. This 
in movies like this, there's only a couple of things women can be. Okay, you I'm either have cancer or you're pregnant. That's it. It's a. Yeah. It's not a sliding scale. It's whatever. And by the way, everybody's got ponytails. If, <laughs> if you if you can fight, you have a ponytail. If you're only there for romantic stuff, then you don't have a ponytail. This movie sucks, but it's so good. Okay, I want to go back to the train scene for a sec for a second. Okay. Um, there's a bit where uh Brian is jumping off the the cargo truck because it's about to blow up mm-hmm. and and so dom is driving next to him and there are a few too many shots of us looking at brian looking at the car looking at the bridge and it's like that sequence like four or five times in a row and i'm like hey brian just jump hey buddy just jump yeah um, oh, dude something great that fast five does is it s- starts exactly where the last movie left yeah. off well, I think it's like five months difference or something like that. But like, yeah, like we we know where we are. We know exactly where we are. There's been like, because I don't know. I just loved it so much because um, this movie, isn't this the one where Dom gets arrested? Yeah, because Dom gets arrested and then they break him out in yeah. this movie. So oh, you see yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the last we- movie, he gets arrested and you see him getting away on a prison bus. And in this movie... It starts with them breaking him out of a prison bus. Yeah, because the last movie ends, and I think we see them like flip. Like we start the bus, we see the bus start to flip over, or something like that. Like we see them start the plan execution. And yeah, then like we the cars the- are driving up, and you see Dom being like, "Yeah, this is me." And then we see the rest of it in this movie. Um, yeah, and that so, was gangster. So Hobbs has a partner in this movie who is played by Chris Hemsworth's wife. Also, and didn't know that was Chris Hemsworth's wife. Definitely fought over Macy. She's like, is that Chris Hemsworth's wife? I'm like, first of all, Chris Hemsworth does not date Latinas. First of <laughs> all. <laughs> Turns out, that's Chris Hemsworth's wife. Um, it's actually, it was a really big coincidence. I was at work bored. I mean, no, I wasn't. Uh, and I totally wasn't looking at just Chris Hemsworth in general at work. And I'm like, who is Chris Hemsworth married to? And I'm like, oh, she she's an actress, too. I wonder what she's been in. Oh, the three movies I'm watching tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, she yeah, but she says a line or like there's this like whole concept of like they're blaming us for the killing of these DEA agents. Like we've been wrongfully accused. Hey, you weren't not involved. I should say. Right. You didn't do what they asked you to do. They didn't do what they accused you of, but you still did stuff. Yeah. Like, you still are not. You do not have thousands of dollars of cars and stole it after they were confiscated by the DEA. And again, Brian did drive a cargo truck into the train. So. Yeah. You also all broke Dom out of prison. So um, you really don't have any room to complain right. about it's what like, they want you for. <laughs> yeah. Um The Rock getting introduced. That's this is his official entry into the series and then obviously he's in the rest of it. There's yeah, another he makes movie a good called addition. He makes a good you know, addition. Hobbs and Shaw and he's Hobbs. Um Dude, what's frustrating with me is even in the 5th movie, Dom still can't get over the fact that Brian was a cop. Like, there's still, like, friction there. I'm like, dude, he saved your life. He broke you out of prison. Like, what are we doing? And and this is the last movie where they do that. Because Fast 6, he's very much, like, he stands up for Brian when other people call him I think in Fast 6, that's uh, his sister's guy. Yeah. You know? So now it's like he can't leave, and I'm like, whatever. This movie also, uh, 
you can tell when people are mad because they yell and fight each other. Yeah, because all yelling, all anger, all the time. This movie likes to do a lot of like fake out hits where like somebody winds up like they're going to hit somebody, but then they hit the wall or the floor behind them. Loves it, dude. Um, It loves it. There's specifically when uh, Dom and Vince are fighting in the garage or whatever. And Dom pushes Vince against the wall and then smacks both of his hands against the pillar behind him. Like, first of all, smacking anything with the front of your hand is so not intimidating. Because let me tell you what's not an intimidating sound. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Um, So there's a couple things they say, like one last job. There's going to be no more looking over our shoulder. We're going to need a team. And every time they did that, I'm like, it's my favorite movie hate that you're doing that yeah stop doing that yeah so there's that scene i think the first half of this movie is pretty slow like they broke dom out of prison and then they do the the train heist but then after that it's kind of like 40 minutes of dead air and there's a conversation where dom and brian are sitting out like on a balcony or whatever and they're and that's where they decide okay we need to rob this guy take like take the money and then buy ourselves new lives that scene goes on for like seven minutes and i'm like tuned out halfway through also the rock is supposed to be quote-unquote hunting them this entire time also we lost a girl because giselle wasn't in this movie for most of it and letty's not in this movie so they're like we got to bring somebody in so that's when chris hemsworth's wife comes in just Um, comes in but after that but after mm-hmm. that balcony scene, it starts to pick back up because we get introduced to the old gang and like everybody's meeting back up. There's a lot of good oh, chemistry and you, there. for some reason Han's back. He said he was okay. going to go to Tokyo in the fourth movie, but he's back. So now we still know that Tokyo Drift still didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, um, I just want to say in terms of like, I really liked I liked Roman in Too Fast Too Furious, but <laughs> the fact that he comes in, he the first line out of his mouth is the most misogynistic thing I've heard from these movies yet. I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 let's let's back it up here a little bit, dude. Because then he just becomes the comic relief for the rest yeah, of the series. Because he said, because he gets like when he finds out that he's going to be getting like eleven million dollars or whatever, he's like. That can buy a lot of vaginal activity. And I'm like, what even is that? What, <laughs> what do you think that means? <laughs> um, yeah, Giselle's supposed to be, you know, the baddest girl on the planet. Um, Which, like, she is. Yeah. Also, then they really, you know, come in and say, she's Mossad. She's, you know, Israeli. And I'm like, that was never mentioned in the previous movie. I guess she's just not acting because that's her in real life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whatever. This is when her and Han hit it off. The hottest people in the franchise. Yeah. And again, it's now. one of those things where they first, when their first conversation with each other, I'm like, yeah, I'm down with this. I'm cool with this. I, oh, uh, 100%. Yeah. Um, frustrating parts about this movie. Uh, they burn the money and the bad guy decides, you know what we're going to do? Consolidate our money. Because that's, <laughs> that's how you do it. Also in this movie. The I think no Han and Dom are driving away, and the Rock catches them on a camera. They're both wearing masks, coming back from burning money. He goes enhance, and then they run facial recognition <laughs> through masks and know exactly who these people are. And I'm like, first of all, my iPhone can't recognize me when half of my face is covered with a mask. So that's BS. And this movie took place in 2011, so that's not true. Um, they're all have their own jobs. Still don't know what Han's job is. He's an amazing driver, but it's clear 
that, you know, Luda gets brought in for tech. Uh, Roman Pierce gets brought in because he's just like the BS guy. He can just talk his way in anything. Um, Brian and Dom are the leads, uh, the precision drivers, right? We bring back the two Spanish brothers, friends that never get explained or introduced in the, and they're in fourth, the fourth movie and this movie. And then they're just not in the rest of the movies. Completely unnecessary. Don't know who those guys are. But they're like the explosives guys, yeah, yeah. kind of. And then Giselle, which is Gal Gadot's character, is like the gun. And then Han's just there because he's handsome. Um, I just want to get a few things because we're running a little bit out of time. Um, the quarter mile with the cop cars was probably my favorite quarter mile of the franchise. Um, yeah. Very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um I've seen Dom's car get wrecked more times than I've seen him drive it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I just want to get one thing straight. If that was a real fight between Dom and Hobbs, Dom would have gotten eradicated from this earth. Dude. There would be nothing left to show of his body. He would need freaking dental examination for someone to recognize his body if that was a real fight between dom and hobbs this was the first last movie by the way that the rock doesn't have in his contract that he can lose so he quote-unquote lose that fight loses that fight to vin diesel which by the way there's no way no way. um but after that the rock in all of his other movies has in his contract i don't lose fights um, there can be draws, but he can't lose. Vince got leadied in the sense that his death was too fast and ruined any emotional impact. Did not care that he died. Could um, less. Also, nobody liked him ever. And the uh, them taking the safe just down the road, like Pirates of the Caribbean style, was hilarious. It's like, awesome. It's so cool. It. it was so cool. And then you, if you look into the stunts and stuff like that, they did that in real life. Those and, buildings really got destroyed with a real safe. Um, and I just didn't. Uh, and I didn't like how shoehorned the vault trade-off was. I felt like that could have been done a little bit cleaner. I feel like we could have like known about it a little bit beforehand, so that way it doesn't it didn't it didn't feel as convenient. Yeah, I mean, I saw it just because I've seen this movie a million yeah. times. I thought it was cool, but it was one of those things. Where I'm like, Macy, pay attention. Macy, pay attention. Because if you don't watch three seconds of the movie, you miss the entire thing. Yeah, and then you're just like, how did they do that? So overall, I just want to say this movie. Like you said, blends action and driving very well. Bogged down by a, by a slow first act, but in general is one of the better, if not best, movies we've seen so far. Um, I'm probably going to give this a seven and a quarter. If you heard, and I just want to say, if you heard me talk about Ant-Man in my bonus Marvel thing, like... I spent almost that entire time talking about the heist in Ant-Man, despite the fact that the heist part of Ant-Man is very little of that movie, just because I love heist movies so much. So when this movie did heist stuff, I was there for it. Yeah, it was dope. Final thoughts. Um, Super, super cringy. This is Brazil scene with Vin Diesel facing off against The Rock. I hated when he said that. I'm like, dumb. I hate you. I hate... The writers in this movie suck. Uh, I'm going to call them out personally. Chris Morgan, Gary Scott Thompson. <laughs> you suck. I hate you. This is the worst dialogue ever. Um, could, we can chalk it up to acting, but the writers suck. Yeah. Um, Andrew, Rock Andrew, is obviously. Un- um, what was that? Andrew watched 
a little bit of this movie with me. Mm-hmm. And so when he, we saw that scene, <laughs> Andrew just looked at me and he said, how is that supposed to give them more breathing room? <laughs> it was so dumb. It was just so. also this movie starts the whole family thing. Now they have to say family in every movie because of this one. There's trackers in every movie from now on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Trackers uh-huh. everywhere. Um, Dwayne versus Diesel fight calls back to the wrench in the first movie. Love the callbacks. Um, the ambush scene where the rockets ambushed and his whole team dies. And then we, the rocks suddenly on our team. Okay. Whatever. Um, when Vince died and he named his son Nico, that's irrelevant. So not important. Um, <laughs> you would die if you drank every time there was close talking or a slow turn, <laughs> you would die. And then final notes. In the post-credit scene, which is very important, the second movie character appears, um, which is the woman. I can't not remember her name. I know the real person's name. She was in Hitch. Golly, dude. Anyways, call back to a, the love interest of Brian in the second movie, Love Callbacks. And then the let you find out Letty is brought back in the post-credits of this scene. So, whatever, dude. They love callbacks. Everyone's alive and recirculated. Um, yeah, I'm giving this a, like a seven and a quarter. I'm going seven. Okay. The sad part is this movie is a seven and a half and it's my favorite movie. This yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just want to say about this whole franchise, like, yeah, there are some pretty dumpos like, uh, Tokyo Drift and Fast Four, but like, it's pretty consistent in what it wants, despite the fact that the tone changes from movie to movie. <laughs> Right. And it's just now, once you hit six, we're about to talk about, it's just a skyrocket to, are we still talking about cars? Yeah. So I think I, I really don't need to say anything other than like before we start this. So I, I, I'm ready to go if you are. I am. All right. Um, I think my first note. Uh, oh, right. This is what I wanted to say earlier was this is the first movie who's, which I remember the theme playing on the radio. Um, oh, own it. It's yeah. Wiz Khalifa and Two Chains. I have it memorized. Yeah. Fired soundtrack. Yeah. And I just remember that opening sa- uh, soundtrack, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, this movie starts with like everybody getting the money from the last one, and like they're living their lives. They're you know Mia and Brian have their kid, and they have like a really nice house like out in the hills. Dom and Hobbs' partner. Uh, oh, but uh, no one's in the U.S., by the way, because they're still fugitives. Yeah. So everyone's like in different countries. So they are. Yeah. So they're just living their lives, basically, with all the money that they have. So and so Hobbs comes to Dom and he's like, hey, we think we found your dead wife. And so, of course, Dom is back in. Understandable. And my first note is like Dom's wife is super cool and understanding because she says oh, that his girlfriend yeah, oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Hemsworth's wife is like, which LZ, is now Vin Diesel's new girlfriend, LZ or Elise or something like that. Cause yeah. she, cause she says to him something to the effect of like, if I thought if that if were was, my husband, yeah, I would, if there I would was even a chance of my, hu- of that being my husband, I would jump on that without a second thought. So I'm like that, like 
That is a very healthy relationship. Coolest person ever, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like the women in this movie, there's there's no dimension to them. None of them have a personality. They're they got ponytails. They're either great fighters and they have ponytails, or they're not. And she, but all of them are written by guys. Hey, shout out Chris Morgan and Gary <laughs> Scott Thompson because they're the same freaking dudes who did the last one. Like, what if we had so women that did cool everything that. the guy wanted? Yeah, and they're like, you want to, dude. This movie ends with him kissing both of them. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> so obviously written by dudes. What? Um. There's a scene where we see Han and Giselle, and they're just eating, you know, doing their thing, and then they get into a gunfight, and they do that thing where they like lock arms back to and back. Yeah, oh, and like dude. point guns in the eye. Like that was so cool. It was cool. Oh, I hated nah, it. Nah, nah, dude. I thought it was slick. Like it was so cringy, dumb. but like I-, I was down for it. Dude, the when the rock arrested that one guy, slams him against the ceiling. Oh, and the guy yeah. goes, I know oh, yeah. my rights. I'm like, uh, this is the rock. You don't have any rights, bro. He's <laughs> um, gonna beat you within an inch of your life for no reason. Yeah, and, and they say a line like that was like, Does he know that like he can't do that? And then his new partner's like, Do you wanna go in there and tell him that? <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy's crazy. This guy's nuts. Also, um, they fixed his facial hair. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a lot better this time. This franchise I think five and six so far do it the best in terms of like they do so many cool car crashes. However, the collateral damage number goes up by a lot. It's, this movie, dude. I I want to talk about that like because it, yeah, let's talk in about this that. the Rock drives a sin- a tank essentially. He's running over cop cars, and I'm yeah. like, you throw on your side. They're on yeah. your team. You're killing them. <laughs> and so, and, and, like he's, and he does a throwaway line like, sorry about that. On the third one. He's run over two already. Those and guys like, are definitely dead. And like in Fast Five, you know, I was able to put a lot of it away because like they were either gang members or they were dirty or something like that. Like whatever. But this time, a lot of, I'm going to say innocent people died oh 100 uh, so a lot of it was you know like in that scene like you said and then it happens again when luke evans shaw is also driving a literal tank and kills i don't know two he dozen people purpose. he's a bad guy yeah but even so like, then okay. but even then i'm like i just i'm just like very empathetic towards like people who didn't ask to be part of the plot of the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and I'm like, these guys are just driving down a highway and like, they're like on their commute home for the weekend or whatever. And all of a sudden this dude with like really short hair is driving a tank and just crushes me to death. There are no fewer than like six or seven cars that he just tramples beneath the tank. And I'm like, okay, I understand that like this is supposed to make me like cement your villainy in my mind. But like, can we have done a few fewer innocent deaths, please? This is my personal taste. So this whole movie is about a guy named Shaw who's obviously in England. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know why I said obviously, but he's in England. He's got a British accent and they lay it off thick. And then um, he just leads a band of mercenaries and um, Hobbs reach out to the team goes, Hey, we need to get them together because they're also elite drivers, except they're bad guys. And the only way you can beat elite drivers out of bad guys is elite drivers that are good guys. So assemble the team. Um, at 15 minutes and some change, we hear family again. And then this movie lays it on thick, thick. 
Um, also, the first half of this movie is sponsored by BMW because that's what every single person drives. Yep. Um, did you recognize the ramp car in GTA? Oh, and this yeah, is what they uh-huh. this is what yeah. they stole it from. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm like, I think someone. And then you sent me the picture of the comment, which is in the last movie. And I'm like, okay, what you've learned is that GTA has no original content. <laughs> they just copy from movies. Um, I think I have a note somewhere in here that's like Fast and Furious 6 is the most like a GTA online play session. Oh, 100%. Just in terms of the ramp car, the tank, you know, like harpooning stuff. Like this is a GTA online session. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Um... That scene was whatever. I have a couple lines that Toretto says that piss me off. He goes, so let's break it down. And I'm like, first of all, you're not smart enough to be saying that. Also, we've heard it a million times. And he goes, we're going to have to dig deeper than that, which I hate. Um, I did like the scene. Maybe this is the scene you're talking about. So maybe we just have different opinions on it. But the scene where the where like Brian, Dom and Han are discussing, like do that like rapid fire conversation about like where to find the parts and like who could have customized parts like that. And like, oh, a normal tune up shop isn't going to be able to do that. Yeah, like, I, I hated that. I, I hated I, that so much. <laughs> I, I like that scene because it proved that they were more than just drivers, which like is kind of what this what we needed in this movie is like why are these guys why are we justifying having these guys do the job and then that conversation was like oh they do know what they're talking about right so Uh, that's kind of like why i was cool with it brought in gina carano which is mma fighter you take one look at her you're like oh this chick's a not an actor and two she kills people for a living (laughs) Uh, she gets she gets brought in and then i know in later movies they bring in ronda rousey also they love wrestlers so they have the rock and the newest movie has john cena so they're like hey guys get actors not fighters and they also had somebody in this movie who was bigger than the rock oh yeah he was huge <laughs> like, this guy makes the rock look small and like he's not important he's in two scenes maybe 45 seconds of screen time but i don't know how you hire a guy bigger than the rock and don't use him for the whole movie dude also there's a super cheesy line where he goes these guys are like our evil twins i'm like yeah, oh, yeah. i know they did and that on purpose and it's not and that wound up not being important like You'd think that if they if they went through the trouble of hiring like the like the team's quote unquote like evil duplicate that that would be the important part of the movie, but it's not. Yeah, does not matter at all. Um, they undress that dude. There's a scene where they have to go and buy a bunch of cars, and the guy seriously misjudged Ludacris and The Rock, and then in order to embarrass him. Because obviously he's filthy rich from the Rio heist where they he made eleven million dollars, which by the way is not that much money for him to be spending it's money like this. It's not that much, yeah. It's when really he, not that much money, but everyone pretends it is. When he, he just, buys all of the cars, when so when we have like now nine new cars, I'm like, were all these cars like a hundred and fifty? Like what? <laughs> I think so. I was really I think about that the, all the time. I'm like this guy because it's sh- when uh, they all get called in. Roman's on a private jet with a bunch of miles about to go to Vegas. I'm like, he does not have that much money. He also, they all bought Koenigsegg's, which is a $2 million car after the heist. Luda and Roman both got it. I'm referring but Luda as his real name and yeah. Roman, which is his fake name. <laughs> Whatever. Tej, Tej is um, Ludacris's character. Yeah. They both bought two million dollar cars. I'm like, you do not have the money to be spending it like this, but whatever. Suspend the disbelief. 
Um, Rita Ora makes an appearance in this movie for no freaking reason. Uh, this is where Ride or Die comes out of nowhere, and it keeps being said <laughs> for the rest of the series. Uh, they said it in the. They said it in Fast Five. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. But whatever. Um, this is the first I movie think, where on, Vin real, Diesel real quick, doesn't work. I just want to say. Yeah. I want to say real quick. There is a noticeable difference in your attitude hey audience go back about 10 minutes and listen to alex talk about fast five and then come back and hear him talk about this one you will notice a considerable change yeah um this is the first time where vin diesel doesn't wear sleeves well he wears something other than a sleeveless shirt something or something super tight he wears a jacket and he looks great because this yeah. is where he goes yeah. and meets Letty and they're driving and he's got a red Dodge Daytona and she's got American muscle. And then he says, you could never resist American muscle. And then he goes, you could also never keep yourself out of trouble either. And right when I was done putting a bullet in between my head, I'm like, <laughs> oh, Vin Diesel actually looks pretty good. And um, then they talk about showing each other scars where I also killed myself. Again. Yeah, I was out of that scene. I tuned out for that scene. Um, so, oh, Gal Gadot did a bit. Giselle did a bit in this movie that she did in fast five where she's like he's a man i can make him do whatever i want and i'm like okay oh my gosh Wait yeah because in the last movie we didn't talk about it she basically shows up in a bikini and a guy just touches her butt and that's how he gets the fingerprints and in this movie a bunch of girls are sitting around you know talking like you do <laughs> and she's like we're girls we can go do whatever we want gunfights ensue yeah and so like i appreciate that it didn't have the same outcome the second time but the fact that she said He's a man. I'm like, oh, my God. It, it was like it was funny the first time. But like this time it, it was it was a little bit cringier. Hey, Chris Morgan, Gary Scott Thompson, fix yourselves, dude. <laughs> uh, What's going on? Um, and in that same scene, when that scene goes into a gunfight, there was a little bit too much convenient missing for my for uh, for my taste. Yeah, they were very close together. And no one was getting They were very close together, and there were two guys with automatic weapons, and they made a lot of dangerous cover swaps. There's no way you don't get nicked by accident with something like that. Yeah. This movie introduced a lot of plot holes. It's also the movie where they jumped the ship, uh, where they jumped the shark, rather. Um, So this movie, plot hole, it doesn't matter. Could have been cut out entirely. Brian goes to prison to speak with- Braga. Um- braga because he wants to basically find out how he's connected um and then you find out that he worked with shaw um with that whole heroin situation and shaw you find out is super it's like a character building moment for shaw you find out he's super like precisive and precisive what is that a word precise 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 whatever super precise right and he's everything's according to plan. Everything's according to plan. Then you find out how Letty's connected. It was basically just like shoehorned exposition. And he's in prison for no reason. He comes back and everyone's like, hey, Brian's back. I'm like, you didn't know? You didn't know he got out of there alive? Because everyone was <laughs> acting like he might never come back. And he didn't call you when he left? That that whole portion, I'm like, doesn't make sense. Okay. Not important. Here's the thing. The timer went up. I have so much more to say. I have We're like just, five more notes. We need, I have a lot. So, so I would just want to kind of just keep going. Okay. The convoy scene um, is the one where the tank comes out. Yes. So I really liked the car tripwire and the car tripwire basically breaking the tank out of that truck 
Well, I thought that was a cool visual. I like that sequence. Super a lot. cool visual. But at that point, I paused the movie and I said, this is what the next five movies are going to be. <laughs> Seven, eight, Hobbs and Shaw and the newest one. So I guess the next, well, the rest of this movie and, and the next four, this is what all those movies are going to be. So before we had guns, we had fast cars. This is where tanks get involved. And that's the rest of the movie. So I'm like, note this part in your brain, cement it for the rest of the franchise, because it just switched. <laughs> um, some cool things that happened during that sequence. <laughs> Listen, again, suspension of disbelief. Vin Diesel catching Letty out of midair. Dude, I, that movie, that part is iconic. It's so cool. It's iconic. It's so cool. And Vin Diesel also has another cool midair move where when The Rock is fighting that guy that's bigger than him vin diesel just like goes full eagle and like jumps on his butts him yeah and like for and like i don't know why but like you just see him like spread his arms across and like expose his torso i'm like i don't know why this is cool but it is dude that convoy scene where he crashes the daytona jumps across the bridge catches her in midair and lands on a windshield that movie is in my head it's like one of the top five best move uh, moments. moments in the entire yeah. franchise in the entire franchise that part is iconic it is, dude very rarely do i do this i literally went back and rewatched that sequence because it, it was, was that cool so cool roman in the mustang the mustang getting dragged he jumps in he gets saved by brian that whole sequence is iconic it is what fast and furious is so i think it's like that as long uh the safe getting stolen is another yeah. huge one uh, I think the bridge jump, and I think that was the first movie, or no, the beginning of the second movie, that part where just like the street racing and then they hit nitrous and they go yeah. in, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah. That's like three. <laughs> um, it's just like one, this is one of the biggest moments and it's incredible. Yeah. Um, we need to talk again about how this movie sucks at killing main characters. Yep. Giselle deserved a way better death. Also, I got mad when yeah. I watched this movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, she's a freaking smoke show, right? She's <laughs> developed a relationship with Han over the Her last and Han movie. Her are the best and parts of movie. these movies. And they both get taken out, dude. So Giselle dies on the notorious runway scene. Yeah. The 13 minute long runway scene. I looked it up. Vulture calculated that it's about a little over 28 miles that runway which is seven times longer than the longest paved runway on earth (laughs) it is what ruins this movie for a lot of people yeah like it is distractingly long like all the sequences involved in it were cool so it's not like it's not like what was happening was breaking the illusion it's the fact that there's no way they're on this runway for that long and like it didn't bother me until they got to the end they got to the end and we saw the end of the runway yeah dude because that's when you get reminded oh they were on the runway this entire time Um, and they're going between 60 and 100 miles per hour chasing a cargo jet. I think. And uh, it never stops. The article I read said that The Rock said that they were going about 115 when they were chasing the plane. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that that makes me so mad. But I, Then I, Giselle I, dies to save Han's life. Yeah. And that which, made me even more mad. And no one turns back to save her. Nobody yeah, goes back. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, like I know going 150 miles per hour is super duper fast. And like that is going to hurt. However, she was like mm, a foot and a half above the ground. 
Like, yeah, she I was, also don't think that car in particular was going very fast. I don't think it was 100. I think it might have been like 70 or 80. But that but what was, makes me mad because we just saw were. Vin Diesel get ejected from a car, <laughs> yeah. catch somebody, land on a windshield, no scratches. He fights later that day. And then Giselle gets dumped off going highway speeds and no one turns back to save her. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where like. The only reason she died is because nobody helped her. There is no way that that's an instant death. Like, and like, it, we see Shaw get ejected and he but gets that's like, and he gets launched speed. out of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was and, bad. And so he was going top speed and also got launched into the pavement, basically. Yeah. yeah. That's going to kill him. Giselle fell Landed on her back, which is, I understand is not a great way to land, but it's not her head. She's not gonna, dude, she's, there's no way she died. And yeah. the thing is at the very end, you see the end of the runway, which pisses everybody off, obviously. And everyone's trying not to celebrate or they're trying to at least delay the celebration because Han is breaking down. And I'm like, Hey Han, get back in a car and go and drive her. 20 miles back <laughs> and find her. I do want to say though, Han breaking down. That did get me like it was like despite how upsetting her death was, I'm like, d- despite that, I'm like, listen, I, I, I'm still able to feel for you as a character. Yeah, dude. Uh, and they had just been talking about like after this, we got to go to Tokyo together. And by the way, you're like, oh, we ne- we didn't see her in Tokyo Drift. How come we didn't see her in Tokyo Drift? Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is why. This is why. Um, Yeah. So Shaw ends up dying. They got the mystery chip. That would have, you know, ended the world. They give it to Hobbs and Hobbs is like, you know what? Now you're part. Now he's part of the family for some reason. Um, They get back to their old house. Yeah, because Hobbs is like, Hobbs is like, how much do you want for completing this job? Name a number. And and Dom goes 1327. Hey, do you know what was not was which let's be clear. If you don't know that that's an address, you're stupid. You're stupid. Um, <laughs> You're and, stupid. And it's his address is not relevant in the first movie. The movie where his house is involved, the address is not important. So the fact that he says 1327, you're like, okay, obviously that's an address, but we don't know any important addresses. And then it cuts to his house and you're like, oh, cool. Sure. Thanks. I guess. Dude, Fast and Furious is one of the movies where you it's, it's kind of important that you watch all of them. Yes. Yeah. Because there's so many callbacks. There's so many characters. You just gonna have no idea what goes on. So, um, but so I want to talk about one thing before we talk about like the big callback things is the barbecues. First of all, I just want to say, I don't mind all the family stuff. I know that like this franchise gets memed on it for a lot, but I'm an incredibly sentimental person. And I think found family is like one of my favorite tropes in media. So the fact that like there's this whole ideology of family and like when you're in your family and like we're here for each other, I genuinely enjoy that stuff. So the fact that like people, the fact that Dom brings it up all the time, I'm okay with that. So, I would, I'm okay with that as an idea. I hate that they say the words family, familia, and they just say it so many times because I'm like, we know, dude. Um, we know. You don't need to say it, but whatever. And so the, one of the biggest pieces of trivia, despite the tw- other than the 28-mile runway, is when the during the cookout scene, <laughs> when The Rock shows up uh, – Hey, Mia, better hide your baby oil. And then The Rock says, you better hide your big forehead. And Ludacris spits out his drink. Like, the, it's a common piece of trivia that that was an improvised line. 
Still funny. That was really yeah. funny. <laughs> I think I told Macy, I'm like, you're about to see this a scene that's complete. I, I, dude, this is me every time I watch one of these movies. I'm like, hey, Macy, let me pause it real quick. Um, this runway scene is pretty long. Let me pause <laughs> it every couple minutes to remind you how long it is. Hey, you're about to see a movie with a safe. Just know that in real life, it was a real safe. They destroyed that building for real. They built it to be destroyed. Just so you know, this is how it got done. So I let her know this was happening. It was still funny. Yeah. Still funny. Okay. Now we, now we need to talk about this whole timeline nonsense. Because, first of all, so they used footage from Tokyo Drift to reestablish Han's death. I'm going to be yeah, honest. So, yeah. At the end of this movie, post credit, not really post credits, but at the very end. Like an epilogue. Use, yeah. They literally cut out a section of Tokyo Drift and put it in to be like, he did end up going back to Tokyo and this is what happened. And for I need to say, I think I need to rewatch that as much as it pains me to say, I think I need to rewatch that movie with Han in mind because when I watched it the first time, I was not as engaged with these characters. So the fact that Han was, I didn't even recognize Han in this movie. Like I, I didn't even make that connection. So I think I need to go back. Cause when Han died, I'm like, cool, a character died, whatever, who cares? So I think I need to go back and rewatch it with Han in mind. And maybe I can like appreciate it more, but <laughs> the scene that they cut for Tokyo Drift is the what is the exact shot that I have the biggest problem with, which is when he's drifting through that crowd of people and one of the people very clearly doesn't get out of the way in time. Like if that was a real scene and we continued this shot specifically, that person would have died. And they use that exact same scene. Yeah. And that was literally one of those things that that movie came out so long ago. If you joined for this movie, they're like, we have to explain because that happened 10 years ago. Yeah. And so we need to, and like Tokyo Drift was not a particularly futuristic movie. Like it, it used cars and technologies that were of its time. And so the fact that we're supposed to believe that Tokyo Drift took place in like 2013 um, is, is a little bit too much suspension of disbelief for me. Right. Especially since like in that movie, everyone's got flip phones or there's no cell phones at all. And now we have like everything's um, futuristic. Bow wow, like little Bow Wow was the one in that movie, right? Yeah. And the fact that he got in trouble because he sold someone a broken MP3 player. And we're supposed to yeah. believe that this movie takes place after Fast 6. Like th- it doesn't make sense. Again, it, 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 I am normally not someone to do plot hole stuff. But the fact that this is the thing that got my newest favorite character killed, like, it it, it makes it frustrating. I think what made me mad is because after Tokyo Drift, they realized how much people freaking loved Han. And they're like, well, we have to bring him back. But now that when you bring him back, now we all know he's going to die. So he was he was in a bunch of movies. And I think the whole time I'm thinking... He hasn't gone to Tokyo yet. He's going to die. He hasn't gone to Tokyo yet. He's going to die. And when he, when he leaves, I'm like, well, what am I watching the series for anymore? Giselle's gone. Shut up. Brian. Like, by the way, the this is his last full movie. And it's frustrating because if they, because like hindsight 2020, right? Because if they hadn't named the, if they hadn't named Fast Five, Fast Five, and if they hadn't referenced it in Fast Six, we could have just said 
that Tokyo Drift isn't canon. That's a thing you can do. But because they added it to the numerical order, now they have to abide by what it does. And Han and Vin Diesel being at the very, very end are the only two things that are relevant to the canon of the franchise. And so I just think that, like, Han going... Han having to go back to Tokyo is something they could have fixed with a little bit more planning. But that's yeah. my TED talk. I That's one of those things I think when they made the fourth movie, that's when they said, hey, we're in this for the long haul. I think they made the first movie and like, we have no idea what we're doing. They made the second movie and like, oh, this is a sequel. They made the third movie with completely different characters because they're like, the revenue is not going to be there. Once they did the fourth movie, they're like, we're making this a franchise. And then they're like, all right, well, let's look at the past couple of movies we did because we need to fix this. Yeah. We didn't plan for this. <laughs> you know, like we didn't know we were going to get renewed. We got to figure <laughs> it out. Um, so I just, it just sucks for Han and it sucks that oh, we lost our favorite hey, guy. Do you want to know what's whack though? Because <laughs> I've been on all, pretty much all of the Fast and Furious uh, IMDb pages. Yeah. Han is credited in Fast 9. Oh, yeah. He gets brought back. I went to follow the actor on um, IMDb, and he's like, Fast 9. All of his posts are about being in the new movie. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I I hate it. I genuinely, like, I don't even know what to think anymore. Because nobody's dead, dude. Nobody's dead. Nobody's dead. At this point, like. Brian comes back in the (laughs) 10th movie. Good grief. What okay. a freaking garbage. Dude, I'm at giving... the end of the day, they introduced Jason Statham, who's supposed to be Shaw's brother. They look nothing alike, oh, but they're oh, both oh, British. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Actually, no, I do need to say something. So despite watching the intro credits and clocking, that's Luke Evans. Luke Evans is in this movie. And then I looked up on IMDb, on IMDb and I'm like, oh, yeah, Luke Evans. He's the one that played the, uh, that played the Beast in the live action Beauty and the Beast or Gaston, yeah. one of the two. Um, Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> despite see, despite having both of those interactions, I saw when I heard the name Shaw and I saw a scene. I'm like, man, Jason Statham is really good in this movie. Like, I can't even tell that it's him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it took me like 45 minutes to be like, idiot, Luke Evans. You know this. <laughs> yeah, they're brothers. It's one of those. I'm gonna avenge. You killed my brother. I'm coming for you, Dominic Toretto. I'm giving oh, the- do you know what's hilarious? Mm-hmm. In this movie, in the sixth movie, I'm just like, hey, Macy, what's Toretto's first name? Because everyone calls each other by their last name <laughs> for some godforsaken reason. It doesn't make sense. Um, and it started to make me mad. I'm like, we all know each other's names. We're all family, right? But for some reason, to be cool, we're going to call each other by last names. I'm like, what's Toretto's first name? She didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Dominic uh, Toretto, dude. Yeah. They do say Dom every once in a while, but it's Toretto, 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 Toretto. O'Connor, for some reason, Dom calls Brian O'Connor all the time. And I'm like, what's his first name? It's Brian. She didn't know that either. <laughs> the actual trivia that's actually hard because it gets brought up once. And I think that was in the fourth movie. Very briefly. Do you know Hobbs first name? Hobbs. Oh, dunk. I did. It doesn't it does it begin with an S? No. Okay, then no. <laughs> it's Luke. Oh, I would not have guessed Luke. 
Yeah, that's actually like hard trivia. If you're not obsessed, you're probably not going to pay attention. Then obviously Han, no last name. Vince, no last name. Giselle, no last name. Um, Roman Pierce. And Mia Toretto, obviously. Mia Toretto, obviously. Tej, I can't remember Tej's last name. But everyone else's first names. And then a lot of people are last names for no reason. And like, and then, it makes sense. Like, it makes sense why Hobbs would call him Toretto. Because it's, because it's, there's a different he's, relationship. Because he still looks there. at him like a criminal. Yeah. And Hobbs is military, quote unquote military. He's law enforcement. And they all go by last names. So that makes sense. But it was it was just dumb, some weird thing. I'm like, does does anybody know? Because there's a lot of characters. There's a lot. Yeah, Do you I'm know honestly proud of myself. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for being able to refer to everybody by their first name without looking at the IMDb page. Maybe yeah, it's just because like, I watched all three in two days. But <laughs> um, I we have to cut this off. I'm giving Furious Six a flat seven. Um, yeah. So I gave five, seven and a half. This one is a flat seven. It's the, like I said, this is my favorite trilogy though. And the next couple movies, I'm excited to see what you think. A lot of people lose their mind over seven because it's Paul Walker's um, last Paul Walker's last movie. And it's, he doesn't even do the whole movie. His brother steps in and I'm sure we'll talk about the next podcast, but the next movie, I mean, get ready, dude. <laughs> okay. Eight and Hobbs and Shaw. I'm calling it now. If you don't hate it, <laughs> I'm going to be upset. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give a prediction. Because I like it when they do wacky stuff. Oh I'm, my gosh! I'm gonna be there for the ride, but I'm 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 definitely gonna have problems with it. Okay, I can tell you, seven isn't super bad. Eight and Hobbs and Shaw are so bad, and I saw Hobbs them both and, in theater, dude. Hobbs and Shaw, I saw a lot of trailers for that, and it seems like, from what I gather, that movie's just a fist fight movie. So like yeah, it's one of those things that like susp- you have. There's like don't even suspend disbelief. Just walk in, disbelief. <laughs> don't suspend it. Get rid of it. You can't believe anything. Okay, but whatever. We got to move on. Yeah, but yeah, so, dude. Alex- this next trilogy is freaking dumpster fire. So we. <laughs> Hey guys, skip ahead 36 minutes. Talked for a whole hour. <laughs> okay, honestly, honestly, I think for the next for the next record, we just need to go balls to the wall. Don't even bot like we need to not even play no with the timer. <laughs> no time. Okay. Alex, would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Non-movie listeners, dude. Oh, you couldn't watch three movies in a week? <laughs> Why Sorry. not? <laughs> Listen, I need you to understand, not watching six hours of content just cost you another hour of content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if not, we we are we talk about each movie progressively longer. So if you want to listen if you want to watch all of six, just listen to us talk about it. There's a point where I where the timer goes off and I say, I have more to say, we're done with the timer. So we're, can, we're, we're descending into chaos is what we're saying. Alex, would you like to provide the improv segment? All right. I mean, the next couple of segments going to have to be shorter. Nah, man. <laughs> nah, I'm here for the long haul. All right. The improv segment is called Backwards Jokes. So jokes revolve around a premise, the setup, and a punchline. And we're going to try. We have to remember this is a comedy podcast. As much as it is movies, we are trying to make be be funny. So... We're going to come, I'll come up with a premise, setup, or punchline. You come up with a premise, setup, or punchline. 
And then the other person has to figure it out. So for instance, I'll come up with a premise saying Karen's. The joke has to be about Karen's. And then you can choose to either do the setup or the punchline. And then I have to do the joke. <laughs> okay. So And then so when it's your turn, you can pick the punchline, the setup, or the pr- basic premise. I'll come up with one of the other ones. And then you just have to do the joke. And we have to see if we can be funny. So I think just for the sake of trying to help this segment, I think punchline either has to be first or last. I don't think punchline can ever go second. Unless you disagree. All right. Um, we can try it a few times and and see if it works, but yeah, w- whatever. We can come up with. Ru- I don't have rules for this. I know. I'm, I'm. This isn't a rule. I'm just. We're just talking. So about. we can talking. do that. Let's do. Yeah, punchline can go. F- um, you said first or last. Yeah. Because um, like, if you say, because if you give me the premise of Karen's, and I say, and then I got kicked out of the store, coming up with a setup for that is like. All right, so here's the new thing. Um, Maybe the punchline. Okay, new thing. Very similar, though. We'll cut it out or keep it in chaos. Punchline is going to be premise. It's going to be what the joke is. Yeah. So the punchline could be, and it's a Karen, right? The setup is, you know, how it's going to happen. The premise is going to be the style of joke. Yeah. Knock, knock, cross the road, story format, whatever you want. Okay. Um, so instead of premise, we'll just call it style. Okay. Style, setup, punchline. So do you want to give me something first? All right. You're going to do um, man walks into a bar. Okay. That's the style? That's the style. Okay. Um, oh, actually, this is for me. Yeah, that's Gosh, for you. Whoever goes, yikes. Yeah. Why did I do that? <laughs> okay. Oh, so, so man walks into a bar and the bar... And the bartender says, I can't legally sell you that. Hi, dude. Oh, my gosh. Man walks into a bar. I can't legally sell you that. Jeez, dude. This is hard. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't realize how unfunny I was till this exam. <laughs> if you want to bail, we can do a different dude, improv. Dude, improv segment. is hard. Because um, the thing is, is I'll, oh, I think the payoff is going to be great. But I can't come up with it on the spot because <laughs> it's going to be so not funny. Um, man walks into a bar. I can't sell you that. Oh, these are all just going to be bad jokes because <laughs> the first the first punchline that comes to my head is like, why? Because I'm black. <laughs> That's not funny. That's just racism. <laughs> Yikes, dude. <laughs> uh, well, that's my joke. <laughs> Racism's a joke. <laughs> All right. Let's do yours. And yeah. let's not have the punchline be the... Let's decide the punchline ahead of time. And okay. we'll let the setup or the style be the made-up. Okay. One. So I'm going to say that my punchline is... And then we got engaged. Okay. The punchline is... And then we got engaged. And then, the, I think you need to give me style here. I think you need to give me okay. style here. Style, and then we got engaged. It's gonna be uh, okay. Just real quick, I think this has to be the bit. Punchline first, then style, then the joke. Okay, that's good. So, and then we got engaged. 
the style's gonna be um knock knock. This has the potential to be really funny. Yes. It's just figuring out where the joke is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp a little bit so you can think about it. But ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of how comedy works, right? As a person who's, you know, been doing a podcast and literally has no other comedy experience except for I did five minutes of stand up and choir. The trickiest part is coming up with something you're not going to expect. And the problem with this is we're giving you two parts of the equation. Your brain can only go so many places. So Um, also, if you have an answer to the joke for all of these, tell us what the funny joke would have been. Hit us up on social media. What do you got, Craig? Uh, Knock, knock. Who's there? Celebrity divorces. Celebrity divorces who? And then we got engaged. Not bad. Not bad. That's like tabloid humor. That could yeah. that could be somewhere. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. So what 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 are you gonna give yourself for a punchline? My punchline is gonna be, um, if I knew it was that hard, I wouldn't have asked. And your style is going to be vocal, if that makes sense. No. Okay. What is that? Like do like with voices like character voice oh okay 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 so like yeah just okay got you um if it was that hard i wouldn't have asked okay okay. (laughs) um my should i just do marriage humor i think that's the easiest thing yeah sure go for it um (laughs) so i was thinking that that was weird because that was me that was me trying to be me (laughs) and that's not what i sound like Oh, whoops. Um, um, <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, we've been married for a couple years now. Um, maybe we should like, you know, spice it up a little bit. We had a kid. I think we should try something different. Like, like what kind of different? You know, like something new. Is there anything that you've seen or have heard of that you would want to try? Well, I mean, I like if we switch roles a little bit. I'm like, well, what does that look like? I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's already pretty even. I don't think like we have roles. She goes, well, I am thinking maybe we could do role play then. And I'm like, okay. And I don't know where this joke is going. And um, this is what bombing feels like, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, you bailed right when right when I okay, understood okay, where okay, the okay. joke was and going. And she goes, well, I was thinking um, I could be a person who doesn't listen and doesn't do anything around the house and takes care of the kid all the time. And then you could be the person who does literally everything. And um, we, you know, try to make it work in our relationship. And I can be the person who, you know, only wants the other person around for sex. And then if it was that hard, I wouldn't have asked, dude. And you know what? I got a little bit of a sweat going. There was a little bit of a bombing in there and it wasn't funny. But you ladies and gentlemen. talked for over two minutes and told approximately zero jokes. Joke. <laughs> All right. You know what? Here's what you do. Craig, you do it better. This is how we're going to end this segment. And we're bringing it back, by the way. And I'm just going to prep a little bit. And I'm going to come in with heaters. So, Craig. You have to do, if it was that hard, I wouldn't have asked. And you're doing voices. Okay. I will Make even I will even do the same premise. 
Okay. It was a dude. I I promise you that premise has legs to it. I just didn't know how to okay. make it walk. So we're gonna skip the introduction, and it's gonna be, and we're gonna. Well, maybe we could uh, try a little bit of role play. Okay. Um. Well, did you have anything in mind? Yeah, I thought maybe like maybe we could like maybe we could like play each other. Like okay. Um. All right then. You take out the dishes. You do. You pick the kids up from school. Oh yeah. Well, you. Is this what bombing feels like? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So let's dissect the joke. The joke is. If it was that hard. First of all, if this, I don't. I I hope I'm not stealing somebody else's joke because I feel like this joke is familiar, and that's a bad. Because because the joke is using bad sexual role play as like a therapy session right right i think it's more as um passive aggressive it's super passive aggressive in the i'm doing everything you're not doing anything and all you want is me yeah so um so do you want to end the segment and like end it or do you want to try a different do you do we need to give them a new segment as an apology no, we're going to fix this and we're going to bring it back to, I don't know when we're going to bring it back, but we're going to, you know what? Screw it. We're bringing it back next week. Oh God. Oh, we're bringing we, it back we next need to have week. a long conversation about the structure of this bit then. So, so gentlemen and ladies and anyone who does not identify as either, we need to, you need to understand that when we workshop bits during the podcast, normally that gets edited out. We've edited out entire bits that have bo- – we've edited out 20 minutes of the podcast because it has bombed before. And we're leaving this in in its entirety. I'm not even going to cut out the awkward pauses purely so you can uh, – so you can understand and you can learn from our mistakes. Uh, yeah, I think it's also very important because it's very easy. You can cut out bombs. You can make it sound like it's funny. You can edit around something, make it funnier than it actually is. Quick and pacing. They stuff need like to that. know how bad we are. Yeah. We, you, listen, anytime you've laughed at our jokes, that was a fluke. Like, we do not count. Listen, as, as people who describe themselves as a comedy podcast, we go in with comedy not being an expectation. And yeah, I remind myself during some of our improv bits, oh, we haven't made anybody laugh in a while. We're just messing around yeah we're just um, like there are several improv segments where we're doing what's fun for us but that might not be fun to listen to actually and, probably isn't fun to listen to but it's fun to us and that's what matters this not one of those times <laughs> okay so we're gonna figure this out right um because this is gonna be a two-hour podcast <laughs> <laughs> and such is life so the joke is... The um, joke was that we're not funny, and you have to be okay with that. And if you're not, we're going to do our middle segment now. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna keep the improv segment, and we're going to do it next week. And we might it might turn into a little bit more of a middle segment and work on it a little bit more. But I promise we're going to attempt funny better. All right. So this middle segment is called the PG Book Club, right? And this week's book... I say this week's like we do it every week. It's, you know, what you know, the podcast. And if you don't, you know, listen to other stuff. Um, this book is called the unexpected truth about animals by Lucy cook. Um, I basically pull out a book from my library 
and I highlight four or five. Shelf. Let's be clear. Shelf. Bookshelves. <laughs> I have more than one shelf. I have books. Um, I use dollar bills and bookmarks, whatever. And I just highlight a couple sections. Um, I might give a little context. I might not give any context. And I just ask Craig to respond. So this whole book is about just like the, it's literally called the unexpected truth about animals. So here we go. The first animal we're going to talk about is the sloth. For the majority of mammals, digestion rate scales with the body size. So larger animals should take longer to digest their food. Sloths appear to break this rule quite spectacularly. Um, whatever. She explains whatever. She thinks it takes the sloth's stomach on average over two weeks to slowly break down the cellulose and toxins of a leaf. If it happened any faster, the liver might not be able to cope and the sloths would danger would be in dangerous danger. I'm not even reading right. I'm making up words. Should I just come up with my own whatever? Um, if it happened any faster, the liver might not cope and the sloths would be in danger of poisoning themselves. What do you think? Sloths digest in paraphrasing, sloths digest stuff slowly on purpose because the leaves they are eating, if they had any faster, would poison them. So if you know me personally or follow me online or anything like that, it is not it, it is the most surface level piece of knowledge about me that my favorite superhero is the Flash has been for a decade. And my least favorite joke in all of cinema is in Zootopia when they name that sloth Flash and he's like, the joke is that he's slow and he's named Flash. Least favorite joke in all of cinema. That joke sucks. Um, And that's the only thing that I really have to know about sloths other than like the Pokemon that are based off of sloths. Um, Listen, I wish I digested food slowly. Maybe that would solve the whole a broken gut thing that I have going on. So as someone who already behaves mostly like a sloth, I would be more than willing to adapt their internal digestive system as well. Um, also not, it is in the book, but I didn't highlight this section. Their hair also grows in a certain way so that the rain just falls off of them. And their stomach is actually like, internally attached to the rib cage because they're upside down all the time. It can't, it would just hang and that's not how you digest food. So their body is <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, it's also built to like handle gravity so they can digest stuff upside down. Anyways, next animal, the hyena. There's also a lot of sexual stuff about how animals, you know, reproduce in this book. So I had to like purposely dodge a lot of the information I think I only highlighted like two things in this book of the five. It's everywhere. I learned a lot about a lot of animals and their genitals. So if that interests you, see a doctor and or read this book. All right. The female spotted hyena is the only known mammal with no external vaginal opening. Instead, she must urinate, copulate, and give birth through her strange multitasking pseudo penis. Interesting. I think the next time I have the potential to be in a relationship with someone, I think I just kind of need to float the idea with them. Like, hey, like we need honesty in this relationship. 
are you okay with a pseudo penis? Um, the next couple sentences are this last eye-watering feat, aka giving birth through a pseudo penis, is like squeezing a cantaloupe out of a ho- hose pipe, and in one in fir- one in ten first-time hyena mothers die in the process. Which you know makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know if you put a cantaloupe through a hose, that hose gonna break. Yeah, so, up to 60% of cubs suffocate on the way out. Also yikes. makes sense. Hey, also hey, sense. evolution. Hey, evolution, you missed one. Hey, evolution, you kind of left this one behind. Hey, yeah. how have we not? Hey, we're still on sloths, right? No, this is hyenas. Oh, bro. hyenas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, hyenas, how have you not fixed this yet? However, I get uh, also in this book. Is they are ve- the females control everything because they have a pseudo penis. So in order to have sex, the guy needs the woman's participation because you know it's not it's not internal. So he has nowhere to stick it. She has to cooperate. It's like I can't go further into it because it's, this is not a explicit podcast. But essentially, it's like an anti-rape device. She only has sex with people she wants to have sex with. So it is. Ext- it's a female-dominated species. Yeah, they do for sure. everything. They control. I think the females are bigger. I think the guys eat last, not by choice. <laughs> I think they're all super submissive, and the women freaking dominate. So there are pros and cons to having pseudo penis, but I think dying one in ten births and most of your pups dying kind of kills a lot of the benefits. Yeah, as as, as feminist as this is, I think it also sucks. Um, next animal is the vulture. Cape vultures need to be able to cover vast distances as economically as possible as they search far and wide for their next meal. Weighing about the same as a human toddler doesn't exactly facilitate energy-saving flight. Simply getting airborne is tricky enough, let alone flying thousands of kilometers without the need for hours of exhaustive wing flapping. Vultures have evolved to crack this problem. They can glide at speeds up to 80 kilometers per hour while expanding hardly any energy at all you know i respect them for being like listen flying super important i do not want to work hard doing it (laughs) yeah because all they're doing is looking for like dead things and you know that stuff isn't everywhere so they gotta they're gonna be in the air for a little while that was the um, only joke I had. <laughs> sure, man. That's fine. We've been talking a lot, so that's okay. Uh, next animal is hippos. Um, this is kind of dispelling the they sweat blood. Um, the liquid. Hold on, time out. Mm? Is that yeah. a myth? Oh, that's a big thing. A lot of people say that hippos sweat blood. They don't. And I'll, I'll go into what actually happens. Okay. Um, the liquid the ancients observed seeping from the hippo's hide does lo- does look remarkably like blood. Um, it completely fooled me the first time I saw it, but it isn't blood. Nothing like it. Instead, this crimson goop is produced by special glands tucked underneath the animal's thick skin. Um, for years, it's thought um, that it was sweat in order to keep the hippo cool, but it has unstable polymers that start out clear but change the shape and color as they absorb and reflect uv light which is rather handy handy because they're essentially secreting their own sunblock that also has an antiseptic 
so it can help heal the hippo's war wounds without it ever getting infected. Yo, love the word choice here. Like, hey, this hippo sweats Neosporin so it can recover from its battle wounds. Also, it's a sunblock. Yeah. Neosporin sunblock, bro. And it sweats it. And it's red. Listen. Which is metal. How is... Listen. How did we hunt elephants to near extinction for ivory when Neosporin sunblock was right there? Guys, we missed our prioritization by a mile. But also hippos are like extremely aggressive. So they're probably like, hippos fight less, man. I'm not trying to die for something like this. All right. The last one. We're going to talk about chimpanzee. Um, One of the most significant recent discoveries is that chimps tailor their communication according to what they think another chimp might know. This insight into the minds of others, known as the theory of mind, is a hot topic in animal psychology. It is long considered a unique attribute of being human, one of those key boundaries separating us from them. The idea itself um, is relatively straightforward. If um, we had to... Con- okay, so they tested this by saying, we concealed a rubber viper along the path of group of traveling chimps. And when the snake was revealed, um, a chimp would observe whether the chimp... We would observe whether or not the chimpanzee saw it first and communicated differently according to whether or not it thought the other chimps had seen the snake or not. So it wouldn't tell the other chimps if he thinks that they saw it. And if they were too far behind, they would communicate it to them. So it's it's literally having the presence of mind saying they must already know because they're next to me. So they must also think this. That's interesting. So what you're saying is chimpanzees have the power to mansplain. It's one of those things are like, you're right next to me. I don't need to explain it to you because you've seen it. But those people in the back, I'll break it down for them because they weren't around me. I don't think that's mansplaining. <laughs> it, I think that's literally okay. the opposite of mansplaining. So it's it, like, <laughs> I don't need to explain this to you because you're here. It's, um, so chimpanzees have the power of, you should have been there, man. Yeah. It's one of those things <laughs> are like, you're here. I don't need to tell it to you. It's, it's, it's very, it is, now that I think about it, it's one of those things that everyone takes for granted. Like, why would I explain to someone if you are also right there? Um, but apparently that's extremely uncommon. Yeah, that's a trait that I wish my ex-wife would have picked up. You know what I'm saying? I have, no, I have absolutely no idea what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that pretty much, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff in this book. It talks about frogs, um, Let's talk beavers, about frog eels, uh, penguins, moose, a bunch of other stuff. A lot of sex in this book. Talks about storks as well. Um, yeah, I mean. And when was the and when was the last time you picked it up before this? A year ago, year and a half ago. Okay, it's been a while. Better than the last one. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Uh, this is a lot less misogynistic. If you would, uh, if you would believe that, dude. This has like (laughs) actual facts. (laughs) Um, do you want to do our one hit? Yeah, dude, let's do the one hit. So this is called No Casting Required. We're just going to have a conversation. Listen, there is nothing more powerful than a man's hubris. 
And so we are specifically gonna dis- a man's hubris. So we are going to discuss things that we think we could do despite having absolutely no training. And I'll go first. I think without with zero justification, I think I could cross the big balls on Wipeout with no problem. I know I can. Interesting. However, I think I could. I think I could do that too. I also think I could run a marathon with no preparation. And you run enough to where that's like kind of believable. But I've only done a half marathon. I and by the way, but that's 13 miles. So I'd have to do another 13 miles. And yeah. I've never gone that far. And I'm pretty sure I could do it. I feel I feel strongly about most like point and click like like games like League of Legends is mm-hmm. one of those games where like that game doesn't look as hard as everyone's making it seem. So I think yeah. I could do well in League of Legends. <laughs> I think I would kill it as a poet. Like be I might not be able to publish stuff. But I could definitely just if I just started posting on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I could quickly be known as the poet guy. And I oh, think I'll yeah. be pretty good. Like very quickly be like, oh, Alex put out some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, Wait, what's a limerick again? Limerick is A-A-B-B-A. So, so this cat went up the tree. It was not very hard to see. It came down with a crash. And had a big lash, and everybody saw it for free. Oh yeah, I could do that. That haikus. Also, hey, guess what? I can fr- also do it. I can also be a poet. That one on Dude, the spot. Very we little could hesitation. Do that. No problem. Um, you know, this is gonna make a lot of people mad. I know for a fact I could be a cop, and I know for a fact I could be a firefighter. Give me this is not a joke. Six months training. And I will be up there with the best of them. Oh, I think. It, hey, do you know why? Because that's more training than either of them get. Dude, I have family that are firefighters. I know it's hard. I know it's scary. I think I could. I'm just saying the way I'm built. I know I could do it. <laughs> I could figure it out. I've yeah. been. I've been around it enough that I could figure it out. Also, I don't think, I don't the whole think cop I, part is. Uh, that's very simple. Yeah. Very. I, simple. I don't think I could do firefighter. I I can admit that that's not my, that's not my alley. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of cop stuff is common sense, by the way. Do you know how to drive a car? Do you know how to shoot a gun? Well, that's half the job. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it is. Do you know how to do Word documents? That's the other half. Um, I feel like I could do fire breathing. No problem. Oh, I know I could do it. Hey, listen, I don't know how many times I, I could do it without <laughs> getting burnt. I, listen, all I have to do is not swallow the gas, right? I, I think I can do that. Um, I know for a fact I could get into magic. Like, like sleight of hand? Sleight of hand and all that stuff. I know for a fact I could do it. I also know that my confidence would take the biggest hit when I'd be like, hey, want to see a trick? Because <laughs> you see, hey, see, trick? Cause you see, see videos cool? on TikTok. You see videos of TikTok on TikTok of like, this video has 1.8 million views and it's just like a simple card trick. And you're like, I could do that. And I mean, like, if that was my thing, yeah, yeah. I could do it, dude. If that was my thing. Lots but of guess these... what? It's not my thing, nor do I want it to be my thing. Yeah, lots of these things, it just comes down to, like, what hobby should we have picked up six years ago? Yeah, dude, I don't know. Do you know what? This is one, dude, 
I could skateboard. It is, I think a lot, most of it is just the fear of falling and just getting back up. I think the tricks are not that difficult. I think it's just like, I'm going to fall a lot and that's going to get annoying. But I don't think skateboarding is that hard. And what I'm about to say is like, I don't think... It's it's one of those things where when it's described to you, it sounds way simpler than it is. Like Tony Hawk has a trick that's like he's only done like four times and I might be getting this wrong, but it's like three full 360 rotations is something that's only been done like a, literally a handful of times. But when someone's like, yeah, it's three full rotations, you're like, it doesn't sound too hard. But I'm saying like I could be better than most people if you give me a year. Like the ollies, the grinding, all that stuff. I'm like, dude, that's basic stuff. I could do that. I could do it. <laughs> um, on that same note, like rollerblading. Bro, rollerblading, dude, ice skating, it, rollerblading. Vi- yeah. Okay. Ice skating, I know I'm not Not figure skating, just skating. I could just do it. If I could skate, if I could do a hockey stop, hoppy, hockey stop and skate backwards, I, give me... Two weeks, I can do both of those things. Listen, Tanya Harding, we're coming for you. I'm not going to be doing twirls and stuff. I'm not going to be <laughs> jumping. But I can do the mm-hmm. basics in two weeks. So all those people doing hockey stops around their friends and going backwards to impress people, it's not that hard. I just don't care, bro. Yo, I'm gonna Also, c- do you know what I know I can do? And I've done mm-hmm. like three times in my entire life? Grilling. For all you dads out there <laughs> who are like, quote unquote, grill masters, it's n- dude, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. I could, dude, give me two days and I could do that. It is so easy. And like, here's the thing about grilling is you can always check your progress. The worst thing that you can do when grilling is to forget about it. There's also no mixing. I guess you mix seasonings, but just look it up. Teaspoon of this, tablespoon of this, teaspoon of this, pound it. And then you're not mixing anything. There's no like, oh, I did this too early. I mixed these too early. Oh, what? It's just you cook it. You put it on heat. You take it off heat. You flip it every once in a while. And that's it, bro. Grilling is so easy. And of course, guys said, oh, I can do this. The easiest part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bro, don't even get me started with grill. Also, Hallmark cards. Professional oh, writer. Yeah, for sure. I'm. Do, I can write thank you cards for days. Happy thank you cards. Happy birthday cards. Happy anniversary. Congrats on your child. I'm condolences. I can. I'm writing that stuff. Because here's the thing. I think when it comes to greeting cards, the problem is never writing them. The problem is selling them, right? Because I think the only movie that like features like greeting cards is Mr. Deeds, because I think Adam Sandler's character is a greeting card writer. Um, yeah. And I just remember, like, he has a board of all the unsold cards that he's made. I haven't seen this movie in 10 years. I don't know what I'm talking I've about. I've never even heard of this movie. You haven't so heard of fair. Mr. Deeds? It's uh, him and Winona Ryder, I think, like, 2004-ish. Nope. It, it's in the same era as, like, Big Daddy and Fifty First Dates. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like... I can't. I, I could write them for days. I, listen, I write text messages that are better than than greeting cards. Yo. Also, while we're on the topic of this, children's books. Got it. I can do that too. <laughs> yeah. I can do that too, man. 
there's only so many ways you can teach your ABCs, you know? Yeah. And have also, the great thing about children's books, you don't need to be real words. <laughs> Dr. They, Seuss is renowned, and half that stuff isn't real words. And, and also the thing about children's book is if you have a good message, that will carry half the book. If Dude. people are, if people are like, yeah, like it's not the most fun book, but it teaches my kid to not be racist. You're still selling copies. <laughs> oh, dude, the the work a illustrator has to do in a children's book way harder and an than the actual writer. writer. Dude, night and day. One person can do it in a day. The other person's like, yeah, this is gonna take me two years, bro. So, this. Do you have any other big ones that are making you feel? No, I mean, I mean, I've just been winging it this entire time. Oh, uh, dude, another thing. Yeah? I don't know what the promotion system looks like for janitors. But I know I'd be the freaking president quick. I, I don't know janitors? if there's a union or thinking uh, society. But I would be the leader of that so fast. Custodians waste engineers janitors whatever i'd be the leader so fast goodwill hunting ain't got (laughs) nothing on me bro again something that i know is difficult but my monkey brain thinks i i would be good at is fencing like i oh dude not that too. <laughs> I played with enough lightsabers as a kid to where I have a pretty basic understanding of the concept. Oh, I know for a fact I could fence like nobody's business. Also, this one, this one might be my most controversial one. Photography. I feel like give me like a give me like two hours on WikiHow for like my camera model. I can I I will take your graduation photos. Editing photos, on the other hand, I will admit, would be a shortcoming. (laughs) Dude, here's my thing. The difference between a mediocre photographer and a great photographer is huge, night and day. The difference, most people, most photographers are mediocre photographers. I can be the, I could be in the top 80% tomorrow. I just need to know, like, the correct filters to use, basic Photoshop, and a little bit of lighting. And I'm going to be one of the best of the best. And then there's obviously going to be the pros who've been doing it for like 20 years. Those people got me beat. But I'm saying that guy who bought a camera in college and was like, you know, I'm going to do this on the side. This is going to be my quote unquote hustle. I am I can be you tomorrow, bro. I could be you tomorrow. I know the rule of thirds. I know all that garbage. Name another You're going to lose your job on, if I get involved. Name another rule. Um, rule of, oh, I know foregrounds, backgrounds, the importance of that. I know that's important. I know. Uh, let's see. What other, what other art terms did I learn in first grade? Um, uh, Dude, vanishing point. Uh, don't get me started on like how white is too white of teeth. I got, I learned that quick. Um, you know, profiles. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> exposure, <laughs> aperture. I know this stuff. Shutter speed. No, this dude. I got this. I got this, dude. Motion blur, time lapse. Uh, we'll kill it. 
<laughs> so that was no casting required. These were all things that we believe we could do, despite the fact that if the instruments were placed at our feet, we would probably accidentally die using them. <laughs> um, next week, we are watching, we are continuing our, fa- this will be our last three-peat Fast and Furious episode, Seven, Eight, and Hobbs and Shaw. Don't ask me where to find them online. Because Hobbs I, and Shaw is on HBO. Um, Seven and Eight. Good luck. Library? Yeah. And also, it might change because we're recording this like two weeks in uh, prior. So who knows? Um, I don't think I have anything else. Follow us on socials. Permanent Good. G-O-O-D-E. Follow me. Permanent Handle. I do and I- really cool tweets. Like my tweets are like pretty <laughs> – my friends always like my tweets. And if you don't always like my tweets, you're not my friend. So follow me and like my tweets. Yeah. Um, also, follow me on social media, Alex the Goods, obviously G-O-O-D-E-S. Um, I don't tweet a lot, but all my tweets are fire and hilarious. So if you're looking for a pretty good comedy, hit me up there. Of here's the thing about Instagram and Alex. Instagram Alex sucks. Good. Yo, you want to talk about a thing that don't even get me started? Instagram sucks. Continue. I don't. What am I supposed to post on that, people? You want pictures of me? That's not. I'm here for funnies. Okay. When I come out with my own podcast, when I find a way to be more funny in picture form, I got you. But hit me up on Twitter. You know. That, just hit me up on all socials, Alex the Goods, and we'll talk about it. Um, also, we are announcing our first ever live show. It's a virtual live show. So if you want to get tickets to that, you can find them over at craigslist.com slash user slash Richard Nixon son slash virtual slash live. And they are $200 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be a really great way to support us. <laughs> Um, but that's all i have uh my name is craig wells aka permanent handle and i'm alex good aka alex good have fun be safe and make good choices and while you're at it i mean tell your mom i said hi do you want to keep going for five more minutes so it's a two-hour recording (laughs) listen i was thinking about the same thing but i also thought that's if you don't cut anything literally nothing okay uh see you next week All right. See you later, guys.